parable are four words I want you to remember. God, man, Jesus, and decision. There will be a quiz afterwards. What can we learn about God from this parable? Well, we learn that God, I was going to say God help him, trusts man. He gives those made in his image and likeness, those who are rational and free in their form moral, the freedom to do their job. He's not a helicopter parent. Did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? No, don't do it that way. Do it this way. No, instead he says, look, use the two hands and the brain that I gave you. Imitate me in being a good steward. Imitate me in being provident. Imitate me in being creative. You'll find that you'll enjoy being like me. So much so that you'll want to do it forever in heaven. And the parable shows God's patience with man. God has to repeat the same lessons over and over and over again. Not unlike your children, not unlike me, probably not unlike you either. And also God's judgment. There is a point where God says that's it. Fool around and find out, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You've been yelling at me, my will be done. Okay, you get what you want. What we do, what we fail to do, what we say, what we fail to say matter. They have eternal consequences. So God, man, what can we learn about man? First of all, there is the privilege of existing. Creation doesn't owe us anything. We didn't have to be. God didn't want a creation without us, so he made us. He made us in his image and likeness to go and get things done. And he gives us the intelligence, and he gives us the world to have our intelligence work on. And just kicking back and staring at screens, it's not a good use of our human dignity. And God gives us freedom. God gives us the dignity of saying yes or no. We're not robots and we're not puppets. And we learn from man that we are accountable. Why is that important? I am responsible for my actions. And God gives me the dignity of pointing to me and said, you did it. And I have to be honest and say, yes, I did. If I want to be like Eve and say, the snake made me eat the apple, or like be like Adam, well, God, you know, the woman you gave me, not for nothing, but that's on her. No, 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 I did it. God will tell me that I did it. And then depending upon what I did, he will assign to me praise or blame. Because God wants his children to become moral adults. And as we reflect on man, we see man's capacity for malice in this parable. The bad guys didn't say, oops, we accidentally killed the son and heir. Oh, well, whoopsies. No, this is the son and heir. Let us kill him and seize the property. It's not the mistakes that we make that matter the most. It's the sins that we choose the sins that we choose without apology, the sins that we choose to hold on to without regret. 
That's what's going to get us into trouble. God, man, Jesus. What do we learn about him? Well, we learn about his authority. Our Lord isn't one of the prophets. He never says, the word of the Lord came to me thus. He never says, thus saith the Lord. He says instead, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Our Lord says, my commandment is. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, follow me. He's not just the messenger. In fact, he himself is the message. And reflecting on this parable, we learn about sacrifice. Our Lord was born to die. He came into the world to make an offering of himself because he is the only one who could clean up the mess we human beings have made. God, man, Jesus, decision. Jesus Christ, true God and true man, son of God and son of Mary, the eternal word of the Father, the word made flesh, the cornerstone. He is God's best and final offer. God Almighty has nothing else to offer but his Christ. If we reject him, then God literally has nothing else to offer us. That's a very sobering thought, or at least it should be. And if we believe that it's true, if we believe he is the only hope, if we believe he is the way, the truth, and the life, if we believe that it's only by his name and no other name that we can be saved, if we believe all that, and presumably do, because in a few minutes we're going to stand up and recite the creed with the confidence that would suggest that we know what we're saying. If we really believe that, now here's a hard question. I want you to think about it on this day of Sabbath rest. If you believe, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence in my life, in your life, that we believe what I just said about the Christ of God? Where is the evidence in my life, in your life, that we believe what I just preached about sin and grace and the uniqueness of Christ? If we survey our lives honestly, if we look at how we spend our time, our energy, our money, our resources, if we look at how we pray or not, how we worship or not, man, how we evangelize or not, how we disciple or not, is there evidence, convincing evidence, substantial evidence that you and I believe what we say so much that our lives are built around that truth. Christ is the cornerstone. When we live that, we have civilization. When we don't live that, we have what we have now. There are powers and principalities, individuals and communities, states and nations and corporations who will insist that Christ must not be the foundation. And we have to ask ourselves, are we ready to resist them? Because make no mistake, the only choices 
are Christ or chaos. We all know what chaos looks like. We all know. On this day, let us choose Christ. May God's holy name be praised now and forever.